have good tonight. Three oh one, the redirect. This week, we're talking about artificial intelligence, and it's not things that are going to help you. Well, it could help you cheat on a test, I guess. It could help you cheat on rankings. It could help you cheat on a number of different things. So really today, I want to get everybody informed a little bit about what we know and what we use with AI and chat GPT, which is specific to uh, Microsoft because they're the ones that purchased that. That's the open AI service, and they're integrating that with uh, Bing search engine right now. But um, you've probably seen uh, and heard a lot of the hoopla over the holiday season and uh, going into the beginning of the year, everything with chat GPT. Um, That was pretty hard hitting over the holiday time and the beginning of the year um, on a lot of social media channels. And what is it and how is everybody going to use it and how it's going to disrupt like everything, even filling up gas in your car which I thought was a little bit ridiculous, but I think uh, there's a lot of things that can be utilized with it. So we have Scary Gary, who is our SEO guru on the line with us, tipping his hat. If he's there, he is there. Yep. And we've got Danielle, who's our sales manager, who's also going to talk about the how um, AI is impacting her life, both professional and personal. Yes. Hello. Hello. And what she thinks about it. You just got to get a little bit in there and so everybody can hear all your wonderful information. So who wants to start? I guess I'm going to go ahead and lead into it, but this chatbot by OpenAPI, um, basically this came out into a beta to the world back in November. I think it was about mid-time. And it's a, a large family of language mod, uh, models that they've built and they fine-tuned it um, in its approach to transfer learning. So what it reads, what it is asked, it learns and it segments it. And it's supervised and reinforced with learning techniques. So GPT, Open Chat GPT, GPT stands for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. So we're getting into the kids' toys thing, transformers. Or your electricians out there are getting kind of hot and heavy over that word. But it was launched as a prototype, uh, actually the beginning of December, November 30th, and it generated a ton of attention um, because responses and articulated answers across many domains of knowledge. It's not perfect. Um, I've seen that quite frankly. Uh, It's very imperfect, uh, but it's uneven factual accuracy. However, it's identified as probably one of its significant drawbacks. But I'm finding a lot of good aspects for it, and I'm seeing how this is going to feed the industry with a lot of different layers of opportunities and problems. A lot of processes are going to be changing. When we get down deep into it, everybody has a way that they do something. And when we build software or we build websites or we're building content that's going to be utilized in some type of campaign digital um, and or it's looking to get ranked, we're looking to tickle tickle algorithms, there's a number of things that we're taking in consideration. And evolving out of this, um, two different facets, then I'm going to kind of turn it over to you two to kind of give us, give our customers, our listeners, the audience, your insights on this. Um, Two different things that I've experienced personally with it is one, um, there's a lot of different types of, of, uh, oh, I got to use the there's a lot of different commands you can use in order to guide it on what you want it to do. And I want to kind of end off the, the episode with a number of those that I've utilized that I found pretty helpful. 
Secondly, I have friends out there uh, in my networks that do content production, and they've taken a big hit. Um, a lot of people dropping them for content and they're starting to get challenged on, well, you're just using AI or is it AI generated? And can I just write this myself? And on the flip side, I've also seen, and actually they came home from my kid's school, uh, that's in, uh, middle school, uh, basically that papers that are being turned in, they already have tools that the teachers that higher ed is using to sniff out and give probability five different grades of probability of whether or not it was generated by AI. So I think we're going to start to see where AI is going to generate content. You got to remember, it's not like you're being sneaky. Like I did it, I did it on an open Wi-Fi with a, a burner phone and I went ahead and asked AI this stuff and it's unique and to me. No, you're actually teaching it as well. It's definitely that data is going somewhere and it's being stored somewhere. So it's not just specifically unique to you. I do think there's some different ways to tickle it. And I see that that's been a big aspect to SEO, which is going to turn into a lot of junk that's going to be out there as well and validation of things. So... Anybody can interrupt when you want to, because if not, I'm going to just keep on talking forever. I'm interested to see how this is going to impact bots and provide smarter contents to uh, spam form submissions and different bots that are trying to pretend to be leads or um, maybe even potential candidates for jobs, but trying to infiltrate websites and just get in front of more people using the technology. And then I think that there's a lot of misconceptions about it as well that need to be clarified. And as people are working with it more and trying to get it to work for their specific purposes more, I think that the tool is just going to continue to get smarter and more people are going to come out with tips and tricks that could eventually start to really change the job industry and how employers are looking for specific individuals for specific roles because there's a portion of their job that could be done by these different AI tools and the variations that we're going to probably see within the next couple of months after um, this really big boom with ChatGPT right now. Another thing that I learned about during this whole spectacle was about Moore's Law. And Gordon Moore, back in 65, posed that roughly every two years, the number of transistors on microchips will double. So as technology becomes even more advanced, uh, it keeps doubling itself every period of time. And I guess that's what's also being talked about is playing into Moore's Law with AI, is that it's going to continue to double itself and the amount of information that it's going to allocate. So sorting through it and getting variations of it and grades of it is going to become more complex to getting um, specifically answers that are complete and a focal point or they're complete and done essentially. So I thought that was mildly interesting in regards to that. Um, But AI is going to grow and it's going to compound like interest uh, on a bank, right? It's going to continue to grow and grow upon itself. And I think the sorting and the validation of those, there's going to have to be other factors, much what like Google did back in 98, uh, going into 2000 in uh, their algorithm with PageRank, where they sorted out all of these crawlers were out there just indexing websites, but they had no idea on how to grade those. And so looking at relevancy of keywords that are in links and where those links point to became a large factor for the grading of PageRank. And so I think we're going to see as that starts to happen, the compounding of all this content, what are going to be some of the other qualifiers that are going to help to guide 
impeccably what AI is. And there's a number of AI tools that are out there. There's just not open AI. So you also had Google Bard, which had a big blowout. They, uh, a lot of people said uh, internally on the team that Google was pushing really, really hard to get their product out. And of course, with Microsoft buy-in, uh, open AI, and integrating that and announcing that, Google had to do theirs much quicker as well. And it answered some stuff incorrectly in their preview. And it kind of tumbled their stock as well for their earnings for Alphabet. Um, I think Google will figure out ways to utilize that. They've been in the past. Uh, Google primarily uh, has been a search company. And over 90%, well, I think it's like 83% last time I looked at the last quarter, the revenue comes from ad-related services. That is where they make all of their money. They're the number one used search engine on in the world, essentially. So, um, well, no, TikTok is, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, TikTok was the one that took that one over. Um, but there's going to have to be other grading factors, and you're going to have different variations of AI that is going to be answering specific things. And I see them even being um, industry or silo specific too, that they could cater in certain areas and then make those as people, consumers start feeding that information. It's again, um, you have a scenario where it is um, crowdsourcing a lot of variations or corrections of those things and the citations and all of that gets stored and the data gets aggregated and then it gets leased out. It gets tapped in with an API and it gets sold to other people to utilize. So I can see some really beneficial things coming out of aspects like this, but I can also see where it has an opportunity to be swayed and it also has an opportunity to be um, uh, manipulated in a big way. Think political campaigns, think um, healthcare uh, across the world. Um, aspects of that, uh, that those are always a large, large target because they're monetized so heavily. Um, to be manipulated. And so uh, public is going to look for trust on things like that, and it could be spewing out bad info. For that reason, do you think that Google will penalize sites that have predominantly AI-generated content? <laughs> that's, 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 a tough, that's a tough thing. And I, I kind of get where you're going with this, too. And Gary, if you're still there, we're not boring you. You can feel to interrupt at any time, too. Get into the dialogue. But... Um, there's tools that are out there already and they are looking for sets of words and how things are done and obviously crawling the web, the web and, and comparing what is being entered in to any type of uh, copying situation. So you have Copyscape, you have other services out there that look for plagiarism. Um, I think there's benefit where people still need to understand the content that is actually being displayed, what the content is about, okay, the substance. Um, what it, the title of whatever article or whatever you're reading is supposed to be the objective that it's supposed to be uh, succeeding and, and finishing out. Um, but then the substance inside and how that lingers back and forth together. Um, obviously, you can't, uh, we, we've all been across pages where the content looks like it was outsourced and it was written overseas. It was written by English as a second language types of learners. There wasn't the type of slang in there that maybe Americans are used to, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think you can use it in different AI channels to ask it different questions or place content in there. And you can start to build your article or your content together in doing so something like this. It becomes a new tool. I think you, I have tried where you've went there and actually did a command. There they are commands. So AIs are search commands is what we have for Google, but you have, I guess, search, I guess they're AI commands. Um, 
where you ask it and give it specific commands of what you want it to do, but bring me back comparing hmm, uh, the 1980s Super Bowl team to the ni- 2023 Super Bowl team and what was the difference in quarter-by-quarter points and the amount of rushes versus throwing yards and make it 450 words. And AI will throw you back some content. You're going to have to muscle through that. You got to comb through it and determine how you're going to utilize it or what it's going to do, but it's going to be going through a lot of those sources. Now, citations on those, is all that data correct? I don't know, but I am, (laughs) I'm a better, and I would bet you that people out there will be looking at keywords relevancy of popularity of keywords and blowing a bunch of shit through AI to place on pages and run a bunch of CPM ads around it to make money. Not really caring yeah, whether or not I, that stuff's good. Yeah. I think, I think that raises a really good point about the challenges around this um, new tool, because like you were saying, it is a tool. I, I don't see it in my opinion as being the thing that will take over from say the, the the human aspect of things but it's definitely a very useful tool and it's it's kind of refreshing as well because there's been a lot of times where you know you hear something you hear about the hype and then you go to use it or you see it's like real world application and then it, it's just a bit rubbish and you can't actually use it but i think with with this stuff it, it's a tool that is accessible is useful to a lot of different areas of the um of the you know business world but there are challenges with it and it's things like like you were saying fact checking and so it, it remains the human tool because fact checking is huge and i would guess that the info I, I think you can even go back and ask uh like add a command saying hey where did you get this information from like you you can ask it things to find out to, to find out a little bit of background on where, where it got those things um but the fact checking is huge because you know you can't just set yourself up to have loads of AI content. You're gonna have you're gonna have to have someone check it because it, it simply could be wrong. You could set it up to write a, an in depth article on all kinds of things, but if the information it's pulling from isn't correct, then that's a huge problem. Um, I think it has repetitive issues, which I think over the you know uh, over the coming months will become better. But just like words. Um, uh, being used throughout copy, it, it, that's I think that's a that's a key indicator of if something's been written by AI. Um, there's legal questions about you know who it, it's it's all open source, but there's still legal questions over like how it's sourced. It? Yeah, exactly. Like who owns that copy and things like that. So again, it, it creates a human oversight question mm. uh, where you need some kind of input. And also one of the things I think is the biggest challenge, um, not so much for this open AI, but is, 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 is this going to create an arms race with search algorithms? Because if you can teach an AI to to start exploiting those SEO trends and things like that. Look for SEO trends. Look for those things that will help help get one up on your competitors. Is there going to be a point where this AI can learn faster than the algorithms it's going up against? And I think that raises a really interesting question for the future. Yeah, I think the validation of this information is what's going to be very tough. Um, and 
Wow, you brought up a great point because we've recently had some clients experience some issues with uh, copyright infringement where you have legal trolls that are out there that are hired or tapped into a lot of large photo agencies. And they're scanning websites with beautiful tools that are made out of the Netherlands. And they're finding, and this, this tool basically goes out there, crawls, finds images, sees if there is metadata in that image in the background, and if it's connected with a copyright, and puts together a package and emails you and asks for a demand of money. So are we going to be seeing the same thing that happens with AI type of content? You go and use a tool, and you write these awesome descriptions for your products on your e-commerce because you want to be competitive SEO-wise, right? And you're looking to really get some meat inside of there. You're optimizing. You're looking at some different keyword phrases and some different that, that are all based off of volume of search. And when you go and use one of these AI tools, unless you're paying for something, I am, I don't know for sure, but again, I'm a betting man. And from experience, the terms of service, when you go in there and you type in something and hit enter, just like Google, you're agreeing to their terms of service. So they own all that stuff. Um, and you have rules and there's things way, way long in the used car warranty contracts, right? That type of language that's in there that um, is going to prevent them from having any liability on that. So I see legal trolls in the very future. I'm, I'm sure there's attorneys that are sitting around there right now with some very smart tech people that are saying, let's start to generate content or let's start to look at pieces of content or build a tool that compares it and shows first instance of that content being published and the ownerships of that content based off of what type of high value keywords or product or commodities. And then let's go around and sue those people and ask them because they've basically copied. And even though they use a third party tool, it was really an onus was on them to validate whether or not that was copywritten and that was owned by someone. So you're going to start to see new, um, new, monetization that's going to happen out of AI. That's going to be very interesting. And shit, this is tiring. Um, I've already seen and been targeted with tools in social media that basically is used for SEO and code. So using some of their algorithms with their AI machines, where it helps to basically write code and pull images from libraries and charges you a, a fee and basically builds your website and optimize and writes content specific. It goes through a wizard and it puts the whole goddamn thing together for you. Now, is that going to be good enough for what you need? I don't know. Are you Jimmy's Barbershop and you know, small town USA and you just need a presence and you figured you're going to do that or you're going to do Wix? So I could just go through this wizard, ask me questions like I'm doing my TurboTax um, and I get it done or I got a Wix and it's maybe six bucks a month, but I still got to put all the shit together and I ain't got time to do that. I, I, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of tools out there for a lot of people to utilize and things like that. So, I think the bottom line here is walk slow. You're going to have to utilize this and play with it. And, you know, I think before you decide to get too deep into it, you're really going to have to try some of the aspects out yourself as well. Get, get educated, get informed about how it can be utilized and how it can work in your benefit. I think that's the biggest thing. You have to remember that these are tools that are being built um, it's not for the preservation of nature and beauty of the world and to make the world a loving, better place. It's for money. <laughs> They're doing all of this to make boatloads and shitloads of cash. And they want to make tons of API connections for application technologies. Google is going to do exactly the same thing. Um, one of the things that I look for 
that I wrote in my notes here is how do you make something that is going to utilize AI that is going to fix a problem people have? Um, Rand McNally did it originally in the beginning when they started putting data together for mappings and they sold it into tools and you've got subscription bases. You remember the days when people, you heard people, they like had to get an update for their GPS device. They had to download a new map and stuff like that so they could actually navigate and know where to go with stuff. Um, so whatever data you think you can do or how you can scrub some of that data or a add on to some of those tools that people could utilize that's where you can make some money. Early adoption and believing in these things and finding the hurt that people want to have healed will make you a boatload of cash. And a lot of people, many people, the experts are saying, uh, whoever the experts are, that this is going to be more impactful than the internet boom. I don't know. I think that we're going to see a lot of interesting things come out of the fine tuning for people that are using it regularly for their purposes with their business. So if it can pick up on getting closer to their language or their tone that closer matches their branding or um, the image generation, being able to output images, turning into being able to output videos with it, taking in that content that it's automatically generated and then finding the best way to display that content. Oh shit. But I think going back to some of the really scary components would be the code completion and the fact that it could attend potentially wipe out certain types of developers or the need for certain types of languages just because it can optimize on top of that and build those foundations within minutes that would otherwise maybe take a human hours. So I think that's where the impactfulness is really going to roll out over the next couple months and couple of years with more AI tools coming to the surface because it's going to do things that a human may be able to do better a lot faster. And within that, I think employers are going to see opportunity for cost savings with only needing someone maybe part-time or just to clean up or add on top of whatever the AI is outputting by itself. Yeah. Um, you know, two other things, and then I'm going to get into one other thing. Um, Gary, if you want to add in anything as well, but um, I want to get into uh, some of the different commands, search commands that we would have in Google to pull back information that tells us something about a URL or specific with keyword and other things. AI is working exactly the same. And I found some mediocre types of uh, mediocre to shitty types of responses to these. So it's going to take some time for those things to work. Um, So advanced search features, so to speak. Um, But I don't know, can we get into what's the malicious intent that you can use AI with? I think people could try to train it to be racist or have, you know, profanity inside of the content or just have that sort of malicious tone and output in whatever that it's it's trying to output. So I think that's where the um, scariness comes to play. Yeah, I think you could also look to I look at it from a marketing stance and I think, wow, competitor colon negative review plus keywords of X, Y, and Z Um, and look to build content for comparison to, you know, my product, my service. And how do I publish pages in regards to things like that? You know, long time ago, we used to say like Dodge Ram outperforms the Ford F-150 seven to one for construction workers. You know, like you, that's a bold statement. You can't state things like that. They have to get down to the testing of the engine and horsepower or whatever torque performance. It's got to be real specific shit. Then you can do a comparison type of an article. 
Um, a lot of software companies do these types of things too with features and that's the way they can get ranked specifically for a competitor's name, leading someone back to their site saying that they're superior. So I feel that you could create content in different ways to do things that way. Um, another thing too, that I've found that's been helpful and seems to be good is if you have evergreen type of content. So someone is selling a, uh, I don't know, it's, um, reams of copy paper. You can't make that sound any sexier, right? Um, some of it may be more green pulp. Some of it may be better for laser printers or holds ink better, whatever those factors are. Uh, but a lot of times when people are searching for that, let's say in Amazon, okay, or in search itself, or in Google's displaying search results uh, for shopping carts, um, all of those descriptions come from the manufacturer, and those are all going to be readily the same. Everybody's trying to rank for the same thing. Differentiating means you have to write different descriptions. Have you tried to write three or four different descriptions about something as plain and boring as a box of copy paper? I mean, we've had to do a lot of shit like that in the past, and you really are stumped in trying to figure out how to wordsmith that and make a bunch of word soup. Um, AI does a pretty good damn job of doing that because they replace a lot of adjectives and verbs and, and uh, sentence structure. And I found to that where you're taking something ever ready and just having it written by someone in New York versus someone mildly educated in Montana to someone heavily educated down in the urban areas of Texas to California. There's going to be variations the way someone's going to put together content like that. And that's where I see there can be some really good differences in doing so. But guess what? You still have to input. You still have to read you still have to use brain power to compute if that sounds and is correctly and meets, and meets some other types of criteria. That's pretty goddamn important. So again, that's not at a point of all complete automation in doing so, but it depends if you're looking for a long haul or you're looking for short-term satisfaction in regards to some of those things. I don't know. I think that's the key there mm. is that it's not perfect out the gate. And that's the misconception right now is that it's just going to take over the world tomorrow when really there is still a lot of learning the AI has to do. There's a lot of learning the consumers have to do in terms of how to manipulate it properly for their purposes. And as of right now, that human element is still key because it's not yet missing. It's not yet normal to have that human element missing in copy or some of the items that uh, the tool is generating. But we might see that change over you know the course of the next year or so with it being a little bit less expected for that human tome to be in articles or product descriptions, catalogs, et cetera. You know, in the agency world, we see a lot of things about garbage in, garbage out. If you got shit content coming in, bad assets, no assets, what do you expect to make out of something like that? You need some with brain and creativity. You're going to pay for that time and you're going to license or pay for other things, photography, illustrations, blah, 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 whatever it's going to be. Um, and I think this plays a lot in the same thing with AI. So if you're going to put shit in going into it and you can't validate it, but assume that it's good, what's coming out of it then you're just kind of stupid and lazy. And that fears me a little bit because the younger generation may start to be trained that this is the way we do some things. You know, we see a lot of people that come in with, uh, that when we were, we're doing recruitment and they have this resume full of a bunch of code soup garbage. And then they sit down and they couldn't write this stuff out on a piece of paper or a whiteboard if we wanted them to. And they know how to use tools. They know how to use WordPress really well, but they can't go in there and actually modify template files because they don't know the power of what CSS or how to change those uh, aspects to it. So it gets down to the fact of becoming reliant on subsets of boxes of tools, but they're becoming a master of doing things. Just like I've seen there's people out there that are like Canva pros. 
Canva's a SaaS product. Like it just does shit. That's yeah. You got to have creativity in there, but it really helps you along. And I guess, yeah, if someone is going to get paid to really put a bunch of shit going in and out of Canva, I guess that there's a benefit to doing that. So, you know, people are going to find different ways to, to utilize all these things. Um, I have seen a lot of people talking about using it for resumes or cover letters. And I wonder what the repercussions of that will be when you can make yourself sound so amazing on paper and maybe even have ChatGPT put together a cheat sheet for you before going into that interview. Not necessarily stuff you know, but it gave you maybe the top points you should hit in relation to what's highlighted on your new and improved resume. That's probably not 100% accurate, but it's optimized or so you think it's optimized. So I'm curious how employers are going to start to be able to weed through that when reviewing resumes and uh, talking to candidates. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think just from, from what you guys are saying, I think it's it's clear that the human element here is what makes um, things like open chat and and things like that. So, so special because it's, it's how it's mimicking us. That's what's impressive. It's creating content that we're seeing and we're going, Oh, that could have been written by a human. And I think like, you're, you're pointing out uh, like some of the more mundane elements of, of you know, the whole process of, of applying and, and, and getting a job. So I think one of the things that could happen, and it's probably a pro really, is if everyone has brilliant resumes and, and things like that, the interview suddenly becomes hugely important. It's, it's if you're good at in the interview and it's going to come down to having people on your staff to really, you know, pull out the weeds. And, and, you know, who have the information needed. So it will be, it will be people who can actually ask the questions. Hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Rather than just looking good, you're going to really have to, um, look like, you know, walk the walk when it comes to the actual interview process. And I think that there may even become like a premium on having those experts who really know what they're talking about on your team. Yeah. And what's the, what's the shelf life of those so-called air quote experts? How quick does that change? I was just going to say on the flip side, it could be a hot commodity or a competitive trait or skill to be able to manipulate and use um, these AI tools moving forward, even in a, you know, a sect of interest uh, industries, it could be that competitive advantage that you have if you're able to manipulate and show that you can manipulate AI tools to increase your productivity, to you know take just time off of tasks that normally take a lot longer. And if employers will start to look for that in candidates, the candidates that can use it effectively for their purposes. <sighs> this is so tiring. Like it goes back to my old saying, I just wish I would have went into business with a quarter car wash. You only got to worry about uh, changing the coin machines with the dollars uh, when they steal the, the, the hoses or the gun. Fill the soap containers, put quarters in there, pay your property taxes and your water bill. It seems to be a lot easier um, because it makes us very dependent on, on all these new things. And it's exciting. And But Christ, man, you, you want to have some balance and not have to focus on all these things all the time. I was just going to say, I think AI could be going into the quarter car wash next. You type in what your car is, and then it knows exactly how to wash it, where all the rims are located, et cetera. I think yeah. that could be in the future. <laughs> You're not. You are, you are very correct on that there. That's pretty crazy. So let me round it about here to not keep anybody further bored in regards to this, but um, I guess AI operators, um, commands. And I think out of this, you can determine, I'm just going to lift up, list off a bunch of these, but to go in an AI tool and like generate a list of related keywords for topic. Okay. Find keywords with low competition on topic. 
Create a list of related subtopics for topic. Find the most popular tools used for a topic. Um, research the best schema markup for topic. Find the best header tags for topic content. Um, let's see. Create a list of uh, synonyms for topic keywords. Now, this is all going from an SEO aspect of things, but you could see how you get specific in it. Again, where they are referencing back to in creating those, you have other data points. So when you're talking about SEO, like one of them even was, find the best keywords for topic PPC campaigns. Do they know what PPC is? Do they relate it back to ads? Where are they pulling their data from? Google only shares so much of that data. It's how up to date is it? What remains to keep you competitive? And I think that's where you're going to see businesses now like SEMrush or Google Ads, um, Taboola, all these third-party publishers. They're going to have to find ways to aggregate and use AI to uh, validate their data and their their data sources and their database and how much data there is in there, how frequent and fresh it is so that if you're paying for these tools, I want to know that I'm getting the best shit possible because I might be reselling my services reliant on your tools back over to clients for performance space. Um, but you can see how you could do a lot of different things with these operators or these commands. Generate a list of questions people ask about topic. There you go. So now you write a bunch of FAQs um, and you answer those questions, a bunch of blog posts or content blocks. Make sure you got a specific associated schema for those markup. And now you've got knowledge base answers potentially going to get crawled by Google and throw you into search. Um, You could also have really high performing articles on your site, content pages. And there's other associated types of articles or keyword phrases, long tail that could be associated you write content on those and have AI put those things together for you and then do a lot of intersite linking based off of those back and forth to build up your internal juice on pages. What do you think about that, Gary? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's some really good, interesting points. I just think that if everyone's got the same tools, it would be interesting to see what exactly that changes, right? So like it just becomes the next thing that we need to have on the list of, you know, uh, you know, on any che- checklist, you need to, you need to have access to these tools. Need more uh, slots in my tool belt. Got it. <laughs> yeah. But if everyone's got it, then what, what advantage is there? Does it then become, does it just again, emphasize the human element? Will Google then look at things or uh, the leading search engines of the day look at things and really look for those human elements and it's just like actually we found that 90 you know ai for some reason 80 percent of the time uses these words when creating these topics humans like what we found is we were able to see the human stuff because humans make these errors right? So humans make these errors. AI don't make these errors. Therefore, this is being created by humans. Does that suddenly become like an element in which we're getting ranked for the human element? Right. Yeah. Because the origination of it had errors with it. Well, you know what they say here in closing is that 67% of the time, only the information 50% of the time is correct. And those are statistics for you. That's when they grow on. And 100% of statistics are made up. Yes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Wow. Anything to uh, finalize all this with to guide our clients in the right way to tell them what they should or shouldn't do before they just jump into the eye and start just uh, firing their content writers and their developers to just start to do all the shit themselves? I guess it's just that. Don't 
just automatically trust the tool. It's still really in its infancy. And we saw that with Google's botched release of their uh, AI tool as well. And that didn't really go over so well. So I think that you still need the experts. You still need individuals who know what kind of research, what kind of prompts to be using and how to build on top of that foundation that it's going to provide. But as of right now, it's still very much in beta and testing and we're still learning how to use it. So it's not going to completely replace a lot of services and or I mean, careers at this time. Gary? Yeah, I think the, it just for me, it just emphasizes the human element right now. To be honest, at the moment, I would say that these tools are tools and they are the most useful in the hands of people who know how to use them. There may come a day where, you know, anyone can do anything they want. But right now, it's about um, empowering the people who know who you trust to make those decisions. And I, I, and I think that's the situation for now. I think you're right. And as it always, if your plant is sick and it has yellow leaves, you still go to the garden center and ask the smart person in the aisle, well, you should get to fix it.